0: morning and a happy Christmas. Um, we're going to excitingly read from um, the Bible now and listen to God speak to us as we do that and the reading that we're going to look at this morning is in your handout in front of you so you just want to pick up your piece of paper it's just there nice and easy and we're reading from Luke's gospel um, chapter one and we're going to start at verse 26. In the sixth month. do not be afraid, Mary. You've found favour with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end.
1: Great. Welcome, everybody. Thank you very much for coming this this morning. It is less than a week until Christmas. Can you believe that? Does anyone know how many sleeps there are till Christmas? Any children know? Yes, Stefan. Five to six. I like that. Vague. Uh, It's somewhere between four and seven, isn't it? It's six sleeps till Christmas, everybody. Um, And I wonder if people are still asking you, "What do you want for Christmas?" I wonder what you say when people ask you, what do you want for Christmas? I think there are three kinds of people, three different kinds of answers to this question. One kind of person I like to call Gary Gift Lister. You ask, what do you want for Christmas? And they pull out a huge list from the back pocket. And they tell you, well, this is the exact games console I want. It's available in blue. I want it in blue. And they get it from this website because it's the cheapest price. And they take all the fun out of it. So hands up if you are a Gary Gift Lister. Yeah, I am. I just want what I want, do you know what I mean? Um, second kind of person I like to call Nelly Needs Nothing. You ask, what do you want for Christmas? And they say, oh, well, nothing, really. There's nothing I need, don't, don't worry about me this year. And you really want to provide them a present, but you can't think, because they've got everything already, and you've got no idea what to get them, and they are no help. Hands up if you are a Nelly Needs Nothing. Yes, thank you. Some uh, interesting dynamics happening among the families in our church there. Then finally, you've got Susie Surprise Me. Susie Surprise Me won't give you any hints, and she won't even want to see so much as a single piece of wrapping paper before the day. She just wants a surprise, but she also wants exactly the things she wants, otherwise she'll get cross. Hands up if you are Susie Surprise Me. Excellent. The Hart family are going to have fun this year, I tell you. <laughs> Great. Um, you, you may have learned something about your life partner in that last two minutes. I'm glad if you have. Well. If you are a Susie Surprise Me, you are in luck this morning because in the passage this morning we have two massive Christmas surprises. I wonder if you would help me by looking at that passage in the sheet and spotting these surprises with me. And here is the first surprise for us this morning, that grace comes to an ordinary lady. Let's read that story together again. Let's start from the beginning. It says, in the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. So this story starts like lots and lots of stories you might have read before. Something extraordinary happens to a very ordinary person. So a boy lives with his aunt and uncle on Privet Drive and everything in his life seems fairly normal until one day a massive giant arrives and tells him. What does he tell him? You're a wizard, Harry. Exactly right. Or in the hole in the ground lives a hobbit until one day Gandalf and his 12 dwarves turn up and he's sent to the Misty Mountains in search of dragons and gold. Or a bulletin board falls on ordinary Stanley Lambchop And he becomes flat Stanley. Or little Alice is falling asleep in the grass when a white rabbit runs past with a pocket watch in his waistcoat pocket worrying about being late. We all know these stories where something extraordinary happens to a very ordinary person. And that person suddenly becomes a hero. And we love these stories. I think one of the reasons we love these stories is because we think, well, maybe that will happen to me one day. Maybe my life is pretty ordinary and boring, but maybe I'll turn out to be a wizard or a secret princess, and then I can be the hero. Well, here in our story this morning, an angel appears to Mary. Now, Mary is a very, very ordinary lady. She lives in a place called Nazareth, which is basically nowhere. It's a little town right in the north of Israel where nothing ever happens, Uh, We don't know anything about Mary except for the fact that she's not married yet, but she's engaged to a man called Joseph. Now, we're told that Joseph is a descendant of David, and we might think, ooh, that's a bit posh. That's quite exciting because David was a king. But he was also a king a very, 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 very long time ago. Actually, loads of people were descendants of David. He had loads of children and great children, grandchildren and great-grandchildren and so on. Joseph isn't le- next in line to the throne or anything. He's just a carpenter. So he's not that important. So Mary is a very, very ordinary lady. But an angel suddenly appears to Mary, as Danny was helping us uh, understand earlier, one of God's big, scary messengers from heaven. We might think that what the angel says does make Mary special. The angel says, look at it again. He says, greetings, you are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. He says it again and halfway through the second thing. He says, you have found favour with God. So hang on, doesn't that mean that Mary really is special? But that she is different from everybody else, that she's not an ordinary lady at all. Well, no, just because the angel calls Mary Faber doesn't mean that she's anyone special. Let me show you why not. I would like to invite James McSweeney to the stage. James, let me come. Everyone give James a polite round of applause. Come <laughs> on, oh, James, come on. Can we have a stand in the middle here, James? Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Um, did you bring your phone with you? Yeah, your phone. Your phone. <laughs> We've rehearsed this. <laughs> Fab. Right, now, um, James, come stand here. Uh, James, um, what's your favourite sport, James? Football. It's weird that you brought a football to church, but that, that's excellent. So, James's favourite sport, of football. James, what's your favourite team? Manchester United. Manchester United. Okay, no controversy there. And um, who's your favourite player on the United team? Uh, Cristiano, Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo. That's amazing that you said that. What a coincidence. Now, um, I don't think many United are playing today, or they're not until later. So, do you know what we've done? We've actually managed to get. Cristiano Ronaldo here this morning, ladies and gentlemen. Give a please round of applause for Cristiano Ronaldo. There he is. Ah, oh, look at that! What a, what a beautiful moment! Thank. That's amazing. Can you believe that? The building for growth fund's gone down a bit since we had to hire Cristiano, but I think it was worth it, wasn't it? Now. We just... Merry Christmas, James, by the way. Now, uh, we just witnessed something pretty extraordinary there, didn't we? Now, let's imagine that there's um, some newspaper journalists here this morning and they get hold of what just happened. Uh, What do you think the newspapers might say? What would you think if they said this? James McSweeney, wonder boy, Ronaldo says he's the greatest, he's better than Messi. What would we think if that was the newspaper headline the next morning? We think, that's a bit odd. James is a good lad, he's all right. Uh, but if Ronaldo was really to come and meet James, by which, of course, I mean he just did, that was really him, we wouldn't be thinking, wow, James McSean is really special. We'd be thinking, wow, Cristiano Ronaldo is a really nice guy. And it's the same here when the, can get off, when the angel says that Mary is favored and the Lord is with her, we're not supposed to think, wow, that must mean that Mary is really special. We're supposed to think, wow, isn't God kind? Isn't he gracious? That's what favor means. It means that God has shown Mary grace. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. And all the way through the Bible, God shows grace to people who don't deserve it. To people who are sinners, who think wrong things and say wrong things and do wrong things. People who sin against others and sin against others. God, people who have not treated God like a friend but have ignored him and treated him like an enemy. But even though we people have treated God like an enemy, God treats them like friends. That is grace. And that includes Mary. Whatever is going to happen to her, it's not because she's special and she deserves it. It's because she doesn't deserve it but God is very, very gracious. Grace comes to an ordinary lady. And you can see that in Mary's reaction. She says there, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Mary doesn't think, yes, yes, this seems all about right. I can see why I'm favoured by God. I am a pretty big deal. No, she is troubled. She's baffled. She has no idea what's going on because she wasn't expecting this at all and she doesn't think she deserves it. So here's the first big Christmas surprise. Grace comes to an ordinary lady. So, now, we know, we know what happens now, don't we? If something extraordinary happens to an ordinary person, that means they're going to be the hero. So is Mary going to be the hero of this story? Will she be like Harry Potter, the captain of the Quidditch team, the hero of the story, the one who goes on the epic quest and kills the dragon? Or no? Because here is the second big Christmas surprise this morning. It's that greatness comes through a weak baby. Greatness comes through a weak baby, Let's read again for what it says. Look about halfway through the second paragraph. See what the angel says to Mary. He says to her, You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you're to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Very good. Um, when I was at Bible college a few years ago, I had a couple of friends who were married to each other. They'd been married for a very, very, very long time, and they'd never been able to have a baby. That, that happens sometimes, really, uh, sadly. So we were thrilled when one day the husband came in and told us they were finally going to have a baby. And we said, wow, that's brilliant. Congratulations. When? And he said, in two weeks. His wife was eight and a half months pregnant, and she hadn't noticed, which is impressive. <laughs> Um, Well, my friend said to me, well, we we just thought we were eating a bit too much. To which I didn't say, well, obviously you were, mate. Uh, I didn't say that. Um, But from that moment, all their plans had to change. They had to quickly get clothes and nappies and a cot and make space in their house. It was all a bit frantic. It was very exciting. Well, Mary has an even bigger surprise than that because she's not even married. She's going to be a mummy and there isn't even a daddy. Maybe she was still planning her wedding day, but all of a sudden, she's got a plan for being a mum. This is a massive change of plan for Mary, and she's gonna have to be really brave to get through the next year or so. But here's the surprise. Even though Mary is brave and humble and obedient, She is not the hero of this story. In fact, if you read on in Luke's gospel, which I really recommend you do, you'll find that after a couple of chapters, she disappears completely. Mary is not the hero, but her baby is. Look at it again. Uh, We can sing it if you like, but we'll just read it. He will be great. He will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. This tiny little baby, who's not even born yet, is going to be called great. He's going to be the son of the Most High, the son of God. He is going to be the forever king. He will be Jesus the Great. Now, I don't know if you like history. I was reading recently about another great king from history, Alexander the Great. Who's heard of Alexander the Great in this room? Oh, good. Very well educated. Well, if you thought, if you thought getting Cristiano Ronaldo to our all-age carols was pretty impressive, you won't believe who we've managed to get. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, please welcome Alexander the Great. There he is. If you are a historian and are thinking that's not a very historically accurate costume, shut up. <laughs> um, Alexander was the son of a king, the King Philip of Macedon. So he's born in a, a palace. He was schooled by Aristotle, one of the greatest philosophers of all times, clever cookie. When he was a boy, he tamed the wildest horse in the world. That was quick. I thought it was going to be more dramatic than that. Okay. Um, and it made it obey him. When he was 22, he and a few of his mates decided to go and invade Persia. Like you do. Uh, and over the next 10 years, he conquered the whole world. He became the king of Macedonia, the general of Greece, the pharaoh of Egypt, the king of Persia, and the lord of all Asia. He never, ever lost a battle. And all his people under his reign became rich and prosperous and safe and secure. What a leader. He is truly great, wasn't he? A leader who never loses, a leader who defeats every enemy and every threat and gives free people peace peace. And safety. Thank you, Alexander. That's great. Thank you very much. I thought there'd be more riding, didn't you? I thought there'd be more riding. Um, But surely that's what we want, isn't it? We want a great, strong, mighty king. It feels like a, a bit like our memory verse, someone with a throne who can reign forever. That's what we want. Peace and safety and prosperity. And now, after Alexander the Great, here comes Jesus the Great. He sounds like he's going to be even greater than Alexander. But when we read on in the story, we don't see Jesus do anything like that at all. He is born to this ordinary lady in the little town of Bethlehem. He grows up in Nazareth, which you've already established is basically nowhere. He doesn't get any formal education at all. He probably just learned carpentry from Joseph. He doesn't fight any battles. He doesn't seem that interested in horses or crowns or swords. As an adult, he never even leaves his home country. He spends most of his time in little towns and villages teaching people by lakes and up mountains in the middle of the countryside. Now, yes, Jesus does some amazing miracles. He heals the sick, he calms the storm, he raises the dead. But then just as he's getting going, he dies at the age of 33. In fact, he's executed as a criminal on a Roman cross. Jesus' life begins in weakness and ends in weakness. But here's the big Christmas surprise. Greatness comes through a weak baby. Because when Jesus died, it was actually his strongest moment, his greatest moment. And we can see that by what Mary is told to call the baby now you may know that names mean things i wonder if any children here know what their name means and could tell me let's have a look i know my children know um right who's got their hand up there joseph's got his hand up do you know what your name means joseph what does it mean doesn't know what it means it means the lord has added there you go We all know that one matthew what does your name mean a gift from god quite right too uh go on hannah i'll give you yours Yeah, okay, very good. Gracious. Hannah means gracious, excellent. My middle name, Philip, means lover of horses, which I don't, I couldn't care less about horses. So it doesn't always work. But Mary is told at the end of the thing that you have to call the baby Jesus. Normally parents get to choose that themselves, not Mary. You have to call him Jesus. And that's because Jesus means God saves. That's what Jesus' name means, God saves. And you see, our leaders might be able to save us from some things, mightn't they? Perhaps they can save us from disease or from poverty or from foreign enemies. Some really great leaders, like Alexander, can save their people from loads of things. They can give them really good, safe, prosperous lives. But there's one thing that Alexander couldn't save his people from and that no leader can save their people from. He couldn't save his people from from sin. Alexander was a sinner, sometimes a very obvious sinner, who treated God like an enemy. And his people were sinners too. They treated God like their enemy. And no amount of taming horses and winning battles and conquering lands could change any of that. And it's the same for Mary, and it's the same for you and me. You see, Mary was a sinner just like you and me. She thought wrong things, she said wrong things, she did wrong things, just like you and me. We've treated God like an enemy, and that means we deserve God's punishment. But when Jesus died, when he died in weakness on the Roman cross, he took the punishment we deserve because of our sin. He died instead of his people. That's how even though we have treated God like an enemy, he can treat us like his friends. Because Jesus took the punishment we deserve and saved us from our sins. Jesus died in our place. No other leader could do that. That is true greatness. Alexander the Great might have been the strongest man in the world, but he couldn't defeat sin. But Jesus the Great did. He defeated sin, and to prove that he'd done it, he was raised to life to be the forever king. Greatness comes to a weak baby. So as we finish, let me go back to our three types of Christmas present getters. And I want to tell each of you, whichever one of you are, that this true story we've read today, this gift Of Jesus is the best Christmas present any of you could ever receive if you are a Susie surprise me I hope you've seen today that this is the best surprise Christmas present ever no one would have expected that grace could come to an ordinary lady no one could have expected that greatness would come through a weak baby that's a brilliant surprise what if you are a Gary gift lister well you might not think this is exactly what you want you might not have had this on your gift list you might still not be convinced it's exactly what you want, and maybe you'll need to think about it some more. Well, if that's you, then Danny will tell us how to do that in a minute. But what if you're a Nelly need nothing? Well, I hope that this story shows you that there is something we all need this Christmas. In fact, there's two things. We all need greatness. We need a great ruler, a great king. We need someone not just to make our lives easier and to give us safety and prosperity now we need someone who is strong enough to defeat sin we need a great king who will rule forever we need Jesus the great and we need to see that Jesus greatness comes through weakness but secondly we also also need grace we are ordinary people like mary in fact we're all sinners like mary We think wrong things and say wrong things and do wrong things. We don't deserve to have God's favour. We only deserve God's punishment because we've treated God like an enemy. But because Jesus has taken that punishment for us, we can have what we need this Christmas. We can have grace. We can have the knowledge that God treats us like his friends. We can hear the angels speak to us and say, you are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. I'm going to say a prayer now to thank God for his greatness and his grace and to ask God to forgive us and help us live for King Jesus the Great. If you want to join in with that prayer, please do echo these words in your heart and say amen with me at the end. Let's pray. Father God, thank you that you have been gracious to us. Thank you that you have given us what we don't deserve by sending your son as a weak baby to grow up and die on a cross. Thank you that he took the punishment for our sins and rose again to be our king. I'm sorry for treating you like an enemy. Thank you that you want to treat me like a friend. Please forgive me for my sin and please help me live for King Jesus the Great. In his name we pray. Amen.